Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Now, we've been talking a little bit about what's familiar during this Advent season. We've been talking about the familiar things in our lives. And today, we are looking at familiar places. And what do you think of when you think of familiar places? Maybe you know a familiar restaurant. Maybe it's a store. Maybe it's a park. Maybe it's a beach. It's a place that's familiar to you. But as I was thinking about, probably the most familiar place for all of us is home. It's probably the place that we spend most of our time over the years, home. It's familiar. We even have Christmas songs about it, right? Bing Crosby, I'll be home for Christmas. You can plan on me. Please have snow and mistletoe and presents under the tree. I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. There's something about home, about longing for home, however you might define that. But I want you to think, have you ever, was there ever a time in your life where you ever really wanted to go home? You longed just to be home. Maybe it was your first year at college, the first time away from home, and you couldn't wait for that first break to get back home. Soldiers at war long to come home. Prisoners longing for their release long to get home. Kids on their very first day of school, they're excited, but when it ends, they're so glad to be back home. A friend of mine, he's an immigrant, and he was talking to me one day about his home, how he longed for his home. He even showed me a, a video of the fertile land, the horses, the beautiful scenery, pictures of his family and his church. He wanted to go home. I mean, even when we're on vacation, right, gone for a week, maybe two, it's always nice to come back home to a familiar place. When the book of Isaiah, in the scriptures we just read, we see that Israel actually, if you read the whole book, you see they wanted to go home. Isaiah is portraying, Isaiah is seeing Israel. They long for Zion. They long for Jerusalem. They long to get back home. But Zion and Jerusalem was starting to become a distant and fading memory for the Israelites as they were trapped in Babylon. They were in a foreign country. They were exiled there, imprisoned in many ways. The longer did they have access to the Judean hills or to the Jordan River or to the city of the great king, Jerusalem. They were now left in Babylon to only long for and dream and to remember the promised land of their ancestors, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They feel as though they're never going to get back home. They're never going to be able to smell the sacrifices in the temple again. They'll never really be able to sing the psalms again. In fact, even Psalm 137, verse 4, they say, how can we sing the songs of the Lord while we're in this foreign land? They wanted to go home. They wanted what was familiar. They felt like they really couldn't celebrate the holidays quarantined in this foreign land. The Passover, the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Booth, they felt like they couldn't really celebrate them away from home. Israel appears to be locked in. There's no way out. They're stuck in Babylon with all its canals and ziggurats and the river Tigris and Euphrates, figures of dragons and lions on the Ishtar Gate, a detestable statue of Marduk. Judah and Jerusalem and the Jordan River, their home has been replaced by the building projects of Nabopolassar and Nebuchadnezzar. 
Israel is in exile. They have no king, no temple, no royal city, no land, no liturgy, no sacrifice, no hope, no future, no home, no familiar place. And they cry out in Psalm 137, by the rivers of Babylon we sat and we wept when we remembered Zion. We remembered Jerusalem. We remembered home. There's no place like home. They sat by those rivers in Babylon reminiscing about the good old days when they worshipped in the splendor of the sanctuary or Walker Hall, I mean Solomon's temple. They remembered working and shopping in the city of David. They remembered looking and seeing the Mount of Olives from a distance. They're permanently exiled, not at college, not at war, not at school, not on vacation, not in prison waiting parole. They are exiled in a foreign land so far from home. I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams. Now, we might ask ourselves, what caused this? Why were the Israelites so far from home? You see, the people in our text in Isaiah, they had actually felt the hammer of God's judgment and justice upon them because of their persistent pride, because of their inflated egos, because of their worship of false gods and all sorts of terrible and corrupt things that they had done Because of that, God had to enforce the consequences for their choices. And so in the 6th century B.C., God sent the Babylonians, and through siege and exile, God's people suffered the consequences of their choices. And in the process, many of their relatives died. The entire country was mocked. God used Babylon to to punish his own people. But my friends, when God brings his law, we see it throughout the scriptures. When God brings his judgment, he also brings hope. He also brings promise. He also brings love. He also brings restoration. He also brings his care and concern and his righteousness a way out. And through Isaiah the prophet, God promised them a homecoming. Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The brokenhearted, those who repent for the wrongs they have done, like King David, Psalm 51, verse 17, when he says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, you will not despise that. When he talks about the freedom of the captives, this was the the year of Jubilee where every 50 years, all slavery, all servitude, all debt was erased. Released from darkness for prisoners, Israel was imprisoned in exile, and God is promising release. The repentant Israelites, they're, they're longing for home, and they are promised that one day they will go home. And so as we consider the Israelites this morning and and why they are so far from home, we have an opportunity to look at our own lives as well. In many ways, we too, we are far from home. Because you see, you can feel homeless. You can long for home, even when you have a home to live in. We know this feeling all too well when because of bad decisions or harsh words or a relationship that's fractured, we don't feel at home. We feel far from home. And sometimes it's just because of the brokenness that exists in the world and things like disease come in, like pandemics, like COVID-19, and we see the consequences of sin in the world. I know that, that many 
people, many of you, you want to go home for Christmas this year, but you just, you just can't. Many of you want to sit in the wooden pews of our sanctuary or in the creaky, crowded chairs here in Walker Hall because it feels like home. But we can't this Christmas. And the sense of hopelessness, a sense of homelessness can come upon us because of the brokenness of this world, or the brokenness of our thoughts, our decisions, our minds, our, our words, our deeds, and we long for the comfort of home. How about those Israelites 2,700 years ago? Did they ever make it home? Many of them, they didn't make it back to the Jerusalem in the Near East, their idea of home. Some of them did, but not all of them. But every one of them with a broken and contrite heart, my friends, eventually did make it home to the heavenly city through the promise of Jesus. Jesus, who actually fulfills those words from Isaiah that we just read. I don't know if you remember Jesus' very first sermon. It's in Luke chapter 4. And listen how interesting this is. Luke chapter 4, verse 16, it says, He went to Nazareth. Jesus went to Nazareth. Listen to this. Where he had been brought up, he went home. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. So he went to church every week. Thank you for joining us. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled it, and he found the place where it is written. This is our Old Testament text today. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he said that that prophecy was fulfilled in him. And then he said a few other words, but his hometown people couldn't handle it. They didn't like it. They couldn't stomach the truth. So listen to what they did. Luke chapter 4, verse 29, they got up, they drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and he went on his way. There's no place like home. His hometown people wanted to kill him. To be honest, I'm glad that no one did that when I preached my first sermon back home here at St. John's. They actually physically grabbed hold of Jesus, and they were going to throw him off a cliff. What in the world is that? That's not home. And in that moment, that's when we see that Jesus, Jesus became homeless so that Israel, all those in exile, all humanity might be given a home, might be given a city, might be given a country of their own. In fact, it wasn't until Jesus came, until Jesus was born, that the promise given to God's people in exile really came to take shape. But my friends, that promise will not fully be known until Jesus comes again. The final act in the home restoration project is when Jesus comes again, when the new Jerusalem comes, the new heavens and the new earth. Isaiah spoke, verse 4, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. You see, ultimately that home restoration happens in Jesus and his return. And so this year, as much of the familiar things in our life 
Much of the familiar has been taken from us. We are confronted with the question of home. What makes home home? What do we do with these feelings that we have that it just doesn't feel familiar? It doesn't feel like home. It doesn't feel right. I feel far from home. As I was thinking about it this week, I was reminded of the author of Hebrews who talks about the greatest heroes of faith, Hebrews chapter 11. And he said all these heroes, they, they lived by faith, yet they never made it home this side of heaven. But by faith, they got an eternal home and more. Here, how the author of Hebrews says it, chapter 11, verse 13, he said, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance, and they welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. My friends, feelings of familiarity, feelings of home, they will come and they will go. And I know that, that this year, this year will be one of those years where some things and a lot of things just don't feel right. They don't feel like but I want to invite you to hold on to the promises. Hold on to the promises like the Israelites did in exile, like the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. Hold on to the reality that Jesus was born for you, that he left his heavenly home with the heavenly Father, and he was born into this broken home on this earth. He was born for you. He was kicked out of his hometown of Nazareth. He became homeless for you. He journeyed to the holy city, Jerusalem, and there he died on a cross for you. He ascended to the right hand of the Father and he said, I'm coming back for you. And when he does, he will take you home forever. Remember what he said? He said, don't let your hearts be troubled. My father's house, my father's home has many rooms. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, there's no place like home. Amen? Amen. Amen.